Well, grab your Bibles this morning, and if you would, turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 3. While you're turning to the New Testament, let me encourage you to go ahead and also uh, turn over there to a section of Scripture in Acts, chapter 2. We're going to get there in just a, uh, a couple of minutes. While you're turning there, I um, want to say, first of all, it's good to see you this morning. God bless you guys. Um, I really am. We appreciate you being here. Didn't you enjoy worship this morning? Anybody enjoy worship? Man, love being in the presence of the Lord. Had a couple of great exhortations already this morning, and we appreciate that. I really do believe God's taking us higher. And, uh, and I believe that it's our choice, that we have a choice as to whether we, we go or not. I think the door's open, the invitation's open. I believe heaven's open over us. And it has to do with, um, it has to do with us, with what we agree with. And it's, as a matter of fact, I want to start by just kind of mentioning two statements that I've heard over the last few weeks in different places. And, um, and they've really kind of, they, they, they've resonated in my heart. They've just, they've spoken. And one of the words said this, it said, you give authority in your life to what you agree with. How many people know that that's true? That, that, that the things that you agree with, um, it, those, those things that you, you kind of go along with in your life, they're going to they're gonna have authority in your life and they're going to determine what your life ultimately looks like, what, what, it, what it results to be. So um, I know for me in my life that, um, that there was a long series of time, there was a, a big portion of my life where it felt like that there were a lot of negative things and didn't feel worthy and, and um, didn't compare with others and, and uh, didn't feel loved and wanted. And, and, and the, the, the choice was there was to agree with those things or agree with, God, with God, what God said. And, and unfortunately, for a long season of time, there was a, a lot of agreement with the negative and a lot of gr- agreement with fear and a lot of agreement, uh, agreement with bad things that resulted in um, lots, of, lots of kind of fear and and insecurity. Uh, anybody ever dealt with insecurity? If you did, you probably won't raise your hand anyhow. So that's um, okay. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, I, I mean, that's, that's, that's just the way it was. And, and, uh, and of course, we, we mask that. I mask that in so many different ways through, through competition and through trying to e- excel in some type of thing or, or have some specific accomplishment or, or being a doer. Um, and, and all of a sudden you find out that that just, that it never adds up. It just never works. It, 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 it never comes to a place of fulfillment. It never comes to a place of joy. There's always more you've got to do. There's always more that's trying to, to control your life. And, and, and what you agree with, what I agreed with, it, it wasn't giving life. It was taking life. And God's plan is not to, to take life. God's plan is to give life to us. Amen. And so the, the, the great thing is God doesn't give up on us. Anybody glad that God doesn't give up? Woo, I am really glad. Some of you need to be really glad that God doesn't give up on you. Know, I am just so thankful that he keeps reaching out and he keeps loving and he keeps speaking. And as Corey was talking about, he, he keeps talking to us through his word and by his spirit and, and, and encouraging us. And, and little by little, then he gives us the choice. Do you really want to agree with the negative? Do you really want to agree with things that take life? Do you really want to agree with fear? Or do you want to agree with my love? Do you want to agree with my blessings? Do you want to agree, agree that I am your God and you are my child? Do you want to agree that, that I've got a plan and a purpose for you and it's not to be broke? And undone and, and dis, always in distress, but it's to, it's to be blessed and to be a blessing to others. That, that sounds like a pretty good plan, doesn't it? And that's not just a plan for my life. That's a plan for every single one of our lives. 
So this morning, I just want to remind us that what we agree with is going to have control over our lives. And I pray this morning that you will agree with the truth of God's word, that you are loved and that you are valued and that God has a plan and a purpose for your life that goes beyond anything that you can imagine. It's a plan that doesn't just uh, resonate, it just doesn't kind of stir up in our hearts, but it's a plan, I believe, that's been sitting, that it's been developing, that it's been, God's been kind of cultivating it in the throne room of heaven so that it could be revealed right now in your life. God's got a revelation of who he is that he wants to bring forth in your life. And the world needs it. The scripture says that, that the earth is groaning How many people think we live in a world that's kind of groaning, man, and grumbling and complaining and griping and, right? And it needs, it needs the impartation. It needs the love and the purpose that God's poured into your life. So I want us to, um, I want us to agree with God's plans and his purposes for our lives. I want to, I want to see, I know God's always desired that. He's always desired the absolute best for his children. He wants to live, wants us to live in, in blessing and health and strength. He wants us to live in peace and love and joy. Matter of fact, we'll talk about this a little more, but, but the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is, is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Many people think righteousness, peace, and joy sounds like a good way to live. I, I really do. And that's what God wants for us. And, and I can tell you this, that's what we want. That's what we want for every man and for every woman, for every boy, for every girl, for every, every uh, married person, every single person. We want to see the blessings of God. We want to see the presence of God flooding your life where you really do go further than you've ever gone. You rise higher than you've ever been where where more of his strength, more of his presence is, is flowing in you. The more and more that, that the, the things of earth, there's an old song that says that the things of earth grow strangely dim, right? That they grow strangely dim because they, they fade in comparison to the beauty of his presence and, and who he is and what he pours into our lives. God desires that. You know, in Deuteronomy chapter 28, we've talked about it a few weeks back as we were talking about moving in and possessing the land and, and, and it being our, our time. Now, one of the promises in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 12, that, that God makes to his people as they go in to possess the promised land, he says, I'm going to, um, as you walk in obedience, as you live in my presence, as you agree with my plans and my purposes, he says, one of the things I'm going to do is I'm going to open the windows of heaven and pour out the treasures. Anybody like that word treasures? Pour out the treasures of heaven into your lives, uh, into our lives. And I, I look back and I see, what did God do with the children of Israel during that time? Well, he, one of the things was he was always with them. He, was, he covered them. He watched over them. He went before them. He gave them victory after victory. He, he protected them. He provided for them. He demonstrated his power in and through them. And ultimately, you know what God did? He fulfilled his plan in those people. And that's what God wants to do in us. The scripture says that God's plan really included not only blessing the children of Israel, but blessing them so much that they would be a blessing to others. And, and I don't want us to miss this. If we allow our lives to just get self-centered and self-focused, we're going to miss some of the greatest blessing that God has for us, and that is to bless others. 
So I'm asking the Lord today just to open those windows of heaven and, and pour out the treasures, God. Pour out the blessings upon our lives so richly, so fully, that it floods our lives and has to bless other lives. Amen? Does that sound like a good plan? I think so. As a matter of fact, that's, um, that's God's plan way back then, and it's God's plan today. When we, when we think about an open heaven, I can't help but thinking about Jesus being baptized. We, we mentioned it a few weeks ago, and, and so turn there with me, if you would, to, to Matthew chapter 3. In, in, in Matthew chapter 3, the scripture talks about, it says that, that, that John was out baptizing, and as he was baptizing, telling people that they needed to repent for their sins and turn and come back to God, that Jesus shows up one day, and when Jesus shows up, he, he does this, he says, I've got to be baptized. And John says, no, 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 you're the one that's perfect. You're the one that needs to be baptizing us. And Jesus says, no, to fulfill the Father's plan, to fulfill the Father's plan, that all righteousness may be completed. He said, let it be so. And so John takes Jesus and can you imagine, I, I, can you imagine what, that felt, what that would feel like <laughs> just to, to take Jesus and hold him underwater there, you know? I don't know, that'd be a little scary, wouldn't it? <laughs> don't want to hold him under there too long, right? I mean, so, so he's, he's, he baptizes Jesus and then when he comes up from the baptism, when, he, when he's baptized, the scripture tells us that, that all of a sudden the heavens opened and that the Holy Spirit came down and, and the Father spoke and, and, and just miraculous things begin to take place. Miraculous things that demonstrate an open heaven. Miraculous things like God speaking into people's lives. Let me tell you what, when you live under an open heaven, when you're living in an open heaven, God's gonna speak to you. He's gonna speak to you through his word. He's gonna speak to you in worship. How many people, let me just out of curiosity, how many people sense the Lord speaking to them just during worship today? Isn't that a great thing to know? That the God of the universe, that he will speak to you and he'll speak to us. And so the Holy Spirit comes on Jesus and he empowers him and he equips him for his life purpose. And, and then, <coughs> excuse me, and then Jesus becomes an entry point for the kingdom of God, for the work of heaven to take place on earth. As a matter of fact, if we read in the Gospels from Matthew 3 going forward, we find out that all that Jesus focuses on is the kingdom of God. He talks about, uh, he, he does the, the Beatitudes, you know, and, and, and for this is like what the kingdom of God is like, and here's the kingdom of God, and then he tells parables, and, and there's a parable that, that, that this is what the kingdom of God's like, someone who's lost something, and they find it, and there's rejoicing, and he, he goes on and on and on, he tells all of these parables, and, and then he even goes and he teaches us, he says, hey, as people of the kingdom of God, as people who live and whose citizenship, the scripture in Ephesians tells us that we are citizens of heaven, he says, I want to teach you how to pray. And do you remember one of the things that we sang this morning? And thank you, Hannah, for, for, for being sensitive to the Holy Spirit there. One of the things that he, he taught us to pray was, your kingdom come, your will be done. Your kingdom come, your will be done. When we pray that, I think that there's two things intentionally that we're praying. That we're praying for the presence of the king to come. To come in his power and his might and his lordship. To come and to, and to move and to be in us and to be 
in our homes, in our lives. Like, do you ever pray that? Do you pray, your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Your presence come. But when his presence comes, there's also something else that comes. And this is where we're going to focus on today. There's a passion that comes from the kingdom. You know, when we read about Jesus' life, his, his life is always marked by his, his passion to do the will of the Father, his passion to connect people with God, to, to bring them out of lostness, out of death, out of darkness, and bring them into their destiny. So your kingdom come, I think we could talk about being the, being the um, presence of God and the passion of God. And as the presence and as the passion, the, the fire of the Holy Spirit fills our lives, then it says, then your will be done. Then we begin to practice the works of the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. Get, get this now and think about this, that his will being done flows from his presence in our lives. Anybody ever got that backwards, tried to do his will in your own strength? How many people find out that just doesn't work, <laughs> right? That is the epitome of getting, what, the cart before the horse, right? That, 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 that doesn't work. And so what we want to do is we want the, the presence of God to come first. We want the, his, the manifestation of his, his fire, his Holy Spirit living in us so that we can accomplish his will. And that, that really brings me to the, to the second word that really um, has kind of stirred in my heart. And, um, and, and, and let me say that, and let me just tell you the statement. The statement is this. It says, Christians are not known for their disciplines, but for their passions. Now, now I believe in disciplines. The Holy Spirit, one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit is Holy Spirit self-discipline, amen? And anybody here say, I need more of the Holy Spirit self-discipline in certain areas of my life, Okay. Believe, in, in, as Corey was exhorting us, I hope that everybody is already on a disciplined reading plan this year. We encourage every year, if you haven't done it, to read the Word of God, read through the Word of God. Uh, right now, as a staff, we're reading through the New Testament together. Uh, we've got an, an assigned portion of Scripture we're reading every day. And, and I do that and read other sections of Scripture and, and, and have a, a, a specific time that I set away with the Lord and spend time with the Lord. So I believe in disciplines, but can I say this, that, that disciplines are not the things that, that mark the life of the, of the believer. It's the passions. It, it's the things that, that stir in our hearts and come forth from our hearts. And now I believe that, that, that the, the disciplines provide the fuel and I believe the Holy Spirit provides the fire, amen? And that cultivates and like a steam engine causes this thing to move and causes passion in our lives. And I think about this. I think about, do we sometimes lose our passion and then just settle for going through the disciplines. And then I, I check off that I've read my Bible and I check off that I've had a prayer time and I check off that I, I, I was nice to my wife or my husband or my kids and I didn't kick the cat or cuss the driver beside me or any of those type of things, right? And can I tell you that, that, that although disciplines are certainly not bad and certainly in flowing from the presence of God are great, 
that I believe that there's, it's time, church, for an increase and for a restoration of the passions of God in our life. Passions that, that, that have marked Christianity, passions where, where people would say, man, they love their God with their whole heart. How long has it been since somebody just looked at our life and went, wow, you love God. Wow, or how about the passion of the scripture that says this? It says that they shall know that you are my disciples because you have love one for another. Amen? Amen. Go ahead and tell somebody sitting beside you, I love you. See how passionate I am there? That's right. Right? How about the passion that not only says that we love God with our whole hearts, that we love each other, but that we have a love for others? Time and time again, we see that in Scripture, right? Do we, do we love our neighbor? Are we passionately loving our neighbor? Or are we kind of just checking it off that I drive down the street and I wave to them and as long as they're not in a ditch, then I ain't got to stop and be concerned, right? And I believe God's wanting to stir this in us so that we, we really do love our neighbors and not just our neighbors, but we love our enemies. I thought I'd get a really big amen there for some reason, I don't know. But we love our enemies. We love the, the boss that's always riding us. We love the person that's always taking the shots at us. We love the person who's talking behind our back, the person who, who smiles at our face but dishonors us in their heart. We, we, we love them. We love them. We show them care. We show concern for them. We serve them. We, we, we extend hospitality to them because that's part of the passion of who we are. Amen. You know, when, after Jesus was baptized, one of the things that's amazing is that, that he goes from the baptism in the scripture, if you continue to read, says he was taken out into the, this place of temptation. Can, can, I, can I tell you this? That, that disciplines are wonderful. And, and Jesus, every time he was tempted, he quoted the word of God. We need to study the word to show, study uh, the word of God to show ourselves um, servants that are, are, need not be ashamed, but rightly you know, divide the word of truth. We need that. We need to study the word of God, hide the word in our heart that we might not sin against God. We need that. But can I tell you? Can I tell you that just having gone through disciplines doesn't produce a passion so that you can look the devil in the face and say, Satan, get behind me. There, there's a fire of the spirit. There's a passion that comes from heaven. I, I love this when I look throughout, throughout the scriptures where, where an offering would be made. You know, the prophets, oh, they'd make this offering and all of a sudden fire would come from heaven and consume the offering and you know what? Fire coming from heaven would change a lot of attitudes. I don't know about you, but it, it changed things, you know, around our house. I mean, it's like, you know, so, so listen, I'm saying that I believe today that this passion that Jesus demonstrated for the Father and for the kingdom of God and for the word of God, that those are the things that, that manifested from an open heaven filling his life, and they're the things that God wants to manifest in our lives from an open heaven. Amen? Amen? Amen. You still got your finger there in Acts chapter 2? All right, let's take a look at Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, verses 1, beginning in verse 1 through 4. I'll hold my Bible um, because Pastor Chris said I didn't read, don't read from my Bible. But it's, it's, 
The reason is my Bible is in like eight font and my notes are in like 14 font. So, uh, <laughs> right? But in Acts chapter two, verse one, it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one place and suddenly there came a sound from, a sound from where? A sound from heaven. You know, almost every time we see something about an open heaven, that there is some manifestation that takes place. On the day of Pentecost, the, the, the disciples were together at the obedience, in obedience to Jesus. And the scripture says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a, mushing, a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them tongue, divided tongues as a fire, and one sat on each of them. Now, let me stop and make just a little point here, that, that there's enough of the, the glory and the presence and the manifestation and the provision and the fullness of heaven for each and every person here today. There's, there's enough for every man, no matter how difficult your situation, there's enough power from heaven to fix your situation, amen? No matter how difficult your life, no matter how much strife you're in, no matter how much financial difficulty you're in, I'm telling you there's enough resource, there's enough provision for heaven to more than meet your need in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. And God says, that's what I want. I want it to come and to sit on each and every person. And as it sat on them, the scripture says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. They, they began to not only receive something from a sound from heaven, but they began to give a sound back to heaven. They began to have a prayer language and a worship language that, that was speaking directly to heaven. And, and can I tell you, this is what God's wanting. This is what God is offering and giving to his people, a connection between you and heaven that changes you and everything around you. I think it's a pretty good plan. Scripture goes on, it says, if we were to keep reading, it says that the people who were there, they were kind of confused by it. Some people kind of were confused, and, and we'll talk about this at another time, but I know this, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit can be confusing to people. But can I tell you that, I don't know about you, but even when I didn't understand tongues and interpretation and prophecy and words of wisdom and knowledge, there was still something appealing about it. There was still something that drew me in. And so we've got this crowd of people that they had every opportunity to leave, but instead of leaving, they stood around and they said, we don't understand what's going on. They were confused by it, but they were drawn to it. Can I tell you, heaven, you don't ever have to be embarrassed about the manifestation of heaven. You don't ever have to be embarrassed about the passion of God moving in and through your life. God will support, God will validate, God will prove his own credibility, amen? He really will, he really will. So Peter stands up and Peter begins to preach and, and he preaches this long sermon, about 40 verses worth, and he goes on and now remember, this is the same Peter who, who not long ago denied Jesus. And, and, and to prove how far he was from Jesus, he just threw in some cuss words at a little servant girl, you know. And I'm not with that Jesus, but God didn't give up on him. God, God had his, his target on him from heaven. And can I tell you, God hasn't given up on you. God hasn't forgot about you. God, God hasn't lost you in the midst of all of the chaos of life that's going on. I don't know why, but last night I was laying in bed and 
And, uh, and it wasn't anything wrong going on, you know. And, and, but I was laying there, and all of a sudden I began to pray, God, Holy Spirit, just come and sit on the chaos of people's lives. Just sit on the chaos of people's lives. You know, the scripture says that in the beginning that the, the earth was void and formless, and it was, the word used is chaos, and the Holy Spirit came, came and, and as he hovered, as he brooded over the chaos, that he created all that we know today. Can I, can I tell you that if you're in the midst of a situation where chaos and, is filling your life, that can I tell you, I believe the Holy Spirit is hovering over your life. And there's some works of creation. He's some creative miracles and, and some, some doors that, that maybe you think that, I don't, I don't know how to get the door open. I don't even see a door. Maybe, maybe there's not a way yet. But, but God can make a way. Do you believe that? I believe that. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is, is beginning to to just hover over some things in our lives and, and bring forth and create some things and, and restore some things in our lives. I, I believe that there were people here this morning that, it, that at one time the passion of God, the fire of God, the, the presence of the Holy Spirit flooded your life, it filled your life, but, but maybe now it's just a distant memory. And can I tell you, you don't have to stop right where you're at. You don't have to quit where you are. Can I tell you, that God is willing to once again send fire from heaven and, and recreate a passion in your life. Anybody say, I'm ready for that today. I'm ready for it. Scripture goes on and it says in verse, Acts chapter 2, verse 40, it says that Peter, and with many other words, he testified and he exhorted them saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Boy, he could be talking about our world, couldn't he? Come on, repent and be saved from this perverse generation. I love Peter's boldness. Something miraculous had caused a personal change in Peter and caused there to be a passion in him. Where there was embarrassment and where there was fear, he, had got, he was changed by the presence of the Holy Spirit. He was changed by the gift from heaven, by an open heaven. Verse 41 says, then those who gladly received his word, they were baptized. They, 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 were, they were dunked. They were, they, they, you know what they did? They, they were making public professions. And, and now listen, this wasn't a little thing in that day and age. It's pretty common in our world. It's for people to get baptized. And, and let me say this. If you have not been baptized, if, if you haven't made that that step of obedience and that public profession, then, then let us know. We'd be happy to help you with that. We'd be happy to do that. But, but this for them, this was an entire change of life. They were saying, I'm rejecting everything of the past and accepting a new way. And they were doing it boldly. They were doing it, they were doing it publicly. The scripture goes on and says, as they were baptized, and that day there were about 3,000 souls added to them added to them. You know what? Souls being saved, people coming to know Jesus, people having the presence of the Holy Spirit filling up, that's, that's the heart of heaven. That, that, that's the will of the heavenly father. That's, that's God's desire is that souls would be saved. Amen? That's, that's what's going to beat in us when the fire and when the passion of the Holy Spirit is, is burning, is kindled in our lives. You know what I love about that? 
I love the idea. Sometimes I don't, I'm sure that we don't make enough of people coming to know the Lord. Because the scripture says, it says, when one, when one soul, when, when one soul at a laundromat, when, when one soul at your workplace, when one soul on your campus, when, when one soul in your neighborhood comes to know Jesus, then heaven takes a time out and throws a big party and that there's a celebration. Man, I think if it's that important to heaven, it needs to be important to us. Amen? Verse 42 says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Okay, they, they, they were practicing these disciplines. They were steadfastly, routinely. They were studying the apostles' doctrine. They were having times of fellowship. They were breaking bread. They were having times of prayer. But can I tell you this? That it wasn't just check it off the box. It wasn't just groteness. It was coming from the passion of the presence of the Holy Spirit. It was coming because heaven was flooding their lives and heaven was causing their appetites to change and no longer were they just hungering for the things of earth and of this world and of this life. They were hungering for the things of heaven. They were hungering for the knowledge of God. They were hungering for understanding of the word. They were hungering for the presence, for fellowship. They were hungry to be in communication with God. They, they didn't approach it. And, and, and let me go ahead and say, they didn't approach it with a mentality that says, oh, it's something we have to do. They approached it with a mentality that's something we get to do. They came together regularly for fellowship. They came to church. Look at me, church. Let me see your eyes for a moment. They, they didn't come with a, oh, man, it's Sunday morning. Let's go and get this over with. Can I tell you, that's not, that's not the passion of heaven. That, 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 that's, that's believing a wrong thing. That's a lie that says it's just something I have to do. Can I tell you this morning that it's a joy that we get to come and we get to be together and we get to worship together and we get to pray together and we get to be a part of the manifestation of the kingdom of God here in planet earth. I think there's a need for a restoration of passion in our lives. Scripture says, then, then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostle. I've got in my notes, we are not seeing enough signs and wonders very simply because we don't believe it. We, we don't believe that, that, that we have the ability to just hold out our hands and receive the manifestation from heaven that will meet the need on earth. Even... Even when God says that it's already done and finished through Jesus Christ. I believe that as we more and more become a people who abide under an open heaven, we're going to see more signs and wonders. I stood in a hospital room yesterday afternoon with a man, a, um, a funny man, <laughs> if you know him. Brother Odom, Charles Odom. He's about 88 years old. He... Um, uh, he, he's uh, got a wonderful heart, but you'd never know it. He hides it well. You know? <laughs> anybody ever met anybody like that? Oh, they're really good people. You're like, well, you could have surprised me by that. I mean, they, uh, you know. It's like, if you ever met anybody that, you know, that you, you just want to look at them and say, if you're happy, notify your face. You know what I'm talking about? So that's right. 
But that used to be one of my favorite, favorite, favorite songs. You know, just, uh, are you happy? Well, you need to, you know, let your face know about it. So the brother Odom, he was sitting there. He's in the hospital. He fell. He broke his hip. He, um, but you know what he said? He goes, um, he had a, some kind of an episode the night before last. And, and uh, he goes, I thought I was going to die, Sam. He goes, and I cried out to God and I prayed. And they had me in the hallway and I didn't care who heard he goes, there was a passion that said, I need from God. And he said, I believe that God still works miracles. Will you pray? Will you have the church pray for me? If I was to ask you to pray for him today, how many believe that God's able to touch him and heal him and raise him up in that hospital room? How many people believe that he's able to do that, not just for him, but he's able to do it for you today? He's able to do it for you. He loves you. He cares about you. Listen, it's not just going through the motions. There needs to be a stir in our hearts and a passion. And the, the scripture goes on in verse 44 and it says, Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. Now I know this is probably some of you scholars, this are way ahead of me here. But when it says that they were together, I had to look that up. And in the Greek, and can I tell you what it really means? That they weren't just together. They weren't just in the room together. Listen, this is important. <laughs> They, they weren't just in the room together. The scripture, the word really um, says they were in their position. They, they were in their designated position. They were, they were there being who they were supposed to be, doing what they were supposed to be doing. Some were setting tables and some were preparing food and some were breaking, baking the bread and some were, some were eating the bread. That's a great position to have, you know, All right? So. But they were, they were in their position. Let me go back to something. That scripture before that, it says, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrines, oh, um, and they were um, breaking bread. They were, they were there, and uh, no, I'm getting ahead of myself here. I'll say that just for a minute. But, but let me say this, um, that they were together. Be in your position. God's got a plan for you. If you're, if you're not part of the dream team, be part of the dream team. Amen? F find your place of serving. They were there in their position. Verse 45 says, And they sold their possessions and good and divided them among all as any had need. They manifested. Okay, they showed that heaven had taken a grip in their heart, had taken a home in their heart. You know why? They evidenced it in their generosity. They evidenced it in their giving. <coughs> they evidenced it in the fact that they shared that everybody had everything they need and nobody lacked. Wouldn't that be a great world to live in? That everybody had the full supply of everything they needed. You know how it happens? It happens through faithfulness. It happens through generosity. It happens through giving of our finances. It happens through giving of our gifts, our talents, of our lives. It happens when we serve one another. Look, you don't have to serve. You get to serve. You don't have to greet. You get to greet. You don't have to pray. You get to pray. You don't. It's a pleasure. It's a privilege. It's an appointment from heaven. Amen. It's an appointment from heaven. Verse 46 says this. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, they went to the temple on a regular basis, they, okay, and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. All right, now here's a shameless plug for groups, all right? <laughs> in the temple and house to house. Very, very simply, they knew that all that was going to take place in the kingdom of God, all that took place under an open heaven just didn't take place in a church service. Everybody say amen. 
that it took place in their homes. It took place as they went to the temple and to their homes. It took place as two or three gathered in one home and five or six in another and 10 or 12 in another. Listen, uh, there's an old statement that a guy named Andy Stanley made that, that I love. He says, life's better in circles. It's better when we're connected with some people. Now, this Wednesday night, we're starting some groups. We're starting some topical groups. I want to encourage you, come be part of the group, okay? Come and be part of the group. You'll be blessed by it. You'll be blessed by, well, there's a leadership group and a Bible study group and a freedom class group and a, another group. Uh, uh, what is it? Faith and authority. Okay, faith and authority group. Yes, sorry about that, Pastor Chris. I should have known that. But there's going to be great groups, great teaching. You're going to be blessed by it. But can I tell you what else you'll be blessed by? You'll be blessed by being with some brothers and sisters. You'll be blessed by getting to know somebody that you don't know. The next weekend, we're having life groups, life groups. Okay, whatever age of life you're blessed to be with, there's going to be groups. Listen, come be a part. Is it going to take a little bit of effort? Absolutely. But you know what? The Holy Spirit will give us boldness. He'll give us the strength to step beyond what's easy. Amen? Amen. Whoever's playing, come on here. That's all right. All right. And verse 47 says this, praising God and having favor with all the people, the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. The Lord added to the church those who were being saved. Don't you dare walk out when I'm talking about getting people getting saved, brothers. Right? They added to the church. Can I tell you how God's going to grow New Covenant Church? Okay? We, we, we always want to do the best we can, putting on our services. Even with, uh, we, we always want you to, 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 to get fed. We always want you to be blessed. But, but it's not about the quality of what happens here. It's about the quality of what happens here. It, it, it's, it's about who you are. It's about, are you living healthy? Are you free? Are you growing? Are you, and can I tell you this as we'll all, if we will all say, God, refresh my relationship with you, refuel me, invigorate the passion of my life. Can I tell you that God will add to the church? Because you know why? People are looking for real stuff. People are looking for, for wholeness and help and freedom, and they're looking for love. And you're the most loving church I've ever known. We're growing in our health, but can I tell you this? When God's adding to the church, that means new people are coming in and, and we're going to get more opportunities to care and to love and to share and to, to show generosity one with another. It's, it's not my job, it's our job. Every single one of us to be concerned about souls being saved, lives being changed. But can I tell you this? It won't happen by checklist Christians. It, it won't happen by people who just get up and read a verse and, you know, and, and I had a roommate in college who when he, he was pretty disciplined in his prayer life and so he'd lay in bed and he'd, I'd hear him pray and, and then all of a sudden I heard him, he'd start coming and getting in bed and I'd hear him say, ditto. I was like, what in the world? You know, and every night he'd get in bed and he'd go, ditto. I was like, what is this about? So I said, I said, David, what, what are you doing? He goes, I'm praying. I said, what are you? And, and he had written out his nighttime prayer and taped it to his bed, and he'd just point at it and say, ditto. 
Now that may work for you, but but there's something a little bit lacking there, don't you think? Church, God loves you. I love you. We love you. I want to see a people who know what it's like to experience the manifestations from heaven. I still know what it felt like to get saved. I still know what it felt like to to have all those sins forgiven. I know what it's like to be healed from from wounds and hurts and heartaches and disappointments. I know what it's like to, to, to experience freedom from fears and insecurities. And I want every person, I want every person here to experience that today.